It's time for Forward Nation Radio. Now here he is, the host of Forward Nation Radio, David Leventhal. Welcome to Forward Nation Radio. I'm David Leventhal. A couple days late coming back at you after the Labor Day holiday. A holiday where, of course, we celebrate what we utterly denigrate and destroy for the other 364 days of the year. And let's face it, we don't really even celebrate labor on Labor Day. But I'm being generous here. Anyway, I'm back. Today's show, we have a lot to catch you up on, on Trump's latest efforts to steal the upcoming election or to create a civil war in the event he's unable to do so. And uh, the president continues to demonstrate how much he loves our military and cults. But first, a little bit of the news from the week. Starting with a terribly sad story, uh, Tom Seaver, one of the true baseball legends of all time. A man who distinguished himself on the baseball field in almost unparalleled ways, and who also seemed to distinguish himself off the baseball field as not being riven with any kind of scandal or private man who seemed to actually walk the walk and be a real decent human being. A man who brought the New York Mets, the team I root for, to prominence, brought them as much as anybody else, brought them their 1969 miracle season, the amazing Mets. A man given the honorifics, the franchise, Mr. Met, Tom Terrific. Tom Seaver passed away. What was the cause? He was murdered by the President of the United States. Let's be clear about this. Tom Seaver died of COVID complications. Yes, he had an underlying illness as well, but he died of COVID. So in a sense, he was murdered by the President of the United States who felt that doing anything about about saving 100 and something thousand Americans was beyond him. Tom Seaver joining the ranks of hundreds of of well over 100,000 of his countrymen who've been murdered by the president of the United States. As of a, a day or so ago, according to the CDC, we're up to about 6.3 million Americans infected with the coronavirus and just about 189,000 of them have died already, well on pace to to way surpass the 200,000 that was expected at minimum by the time of the elect of the upcoming election. Also, by the way, more sad news for the week. Another baseball legend, Lou Brock, has passed away. His uh, cause of death has not been released, so we don't know whether Lou Brock was also murdered by the President of the United States. Anyway, other news of the, of the past weekend, you'll, you'll enjoy this one. Um, The Missouri House of Representatives has passed legislation to allow giving children guns without parental permission. I'm going to repeat that. The Missouri House of Representatives passed legislation to allow giving children guns without parental permission. As long, of course, as they don't come with any candy, because, you know, that could lead to tooth decay. Uh, Speaking of candy, uh, this figures to make for a pretty exciting Halloween in the state of Missouri. Assuming anybody gets to celebrate Halloween a month and a half from today. 
Yes, uh, there's going to be, I guess, new warnings for children. Uh, Kids, now remember, don't eat anything that you might be given while trick-or-treating. You never know what someone might have put in it. They might have actually put bullets in it. Yeah, figures to be pretty interesting times in Missouri. Just make sure you don't give that kid candy, a beer, anything like that. But guns, that's fine. Not that a significant portion of this country is not extremely fucked up or anything. Anyway, speaking of extremely fucked up, um, religion. I spoke last week about the Republican National Convention, the religion fest that the Republican National Convention, as as the whole Republican Party, it being a religious cult or a quasi-religious cult. Well, I had some choice words to say about religion and cults in general, though I did take care to distinguish between normal run-of-the-mill religious people, such as my wife, and lunatics, who frankly just just take fantasy a little bit, a little bit too far. Uh, there's been some concern about that. So I just want to be clear that um, I wasn't attacking all religion, but I want to also be clear that I've completely understated the case here for how certain people in this country have been led to be complete sheep and how that's really not good for the country. I am, in other words, I have undersold the case of how utterly messed up our religious environment has become. I briefly mentioned Jerry Falwell Jr., mostly because, I don't know, it, it's kind of fun. It's effing crazy. And it really makes you lose whatever faith you might otherwise have had in a significant portion of our reality. But seriously, these, these evangelical crooks, it's just, it is comical if you just watch it and don't realize the danger that it poses. So, Jerry Falwell, there's been more that's come out about Jerry Falwell in the last week and change. Jerry Falwell Jr., the evangelical head of Evangelical Liberty University and a man who has risen to his post of of prominence by being the evangelical son of one of the evangelical leaders of of the evangelical movement, who also in his day has demonstrated his utter and complete lack of integrity and seriousness for what he's actually doing. But this son of one of the true low-life founders of the modern evangelical movement has, of course, been embroiled with scandals, and we found out a little bit more about them. It started kind of innocently enough. You've all heard about some of this. The picture that he released of him holding a drink, which just looks suspiciously alcoholic given the, the context of the picture, with his hand suggestively around the waist of a scantily clad, large-breasted woman with both of their pants zippers down. Okay. In his case, showing his underwear as well as his flabby belly. In other words, your usual Liberty University yearbook photo. But it kind of got out. Um, And then it got a little bit weird from there. Now... Uh, again, I want to be clear here that Liberty University that Jerry Falwell, the evangelical leader, was leading um, doesn't tolerate sex outside of marriage. It doesn't tolerate 
sex, pretty much. It, in fact, even in marriage, Liberty University, I think it's it's in their it's in their documents, their founding documents, that if in marriage you have sex and it doesn't lead to procreation, God has some explaining to do. So they're a little uptight on the sex thing, to put it mildly. So then it started getting a little weird with the whole pool boy thing. His wife apparently having sex for a long time, a sexual relationship with their pool boy. And it looks like now maybe others as well. Well, it, uh, it started getting a little too close to home after that, literally and figuratively speaking. When it turns out, well, here's, here's, I love this line from, I forget where, Liberty University staff and alumni called for more prayer, because that's what's necessary here, after it was reported that the wife of Jerry Falwell Jr., who resigned as president after it was revealed that he had paid to watch a man have sex with his wife, had also had sex with a then 22-year-old student. So, yeah, this is getting to be the weird part, getting close to home. First of all, it wasn't just that his wife was having sex with the pool boy. Apparently, Jerry Falwell had a thing for watching them. The head of Liberty University that doesn't believe in sex. Anyway, uh, and then it turns out it's uh, being reported that he was also having sex with a then 22-year-old student. Um. I'm, I'm, the evangelicals are not big on sex. I I don't know a lot about the movement, but it also strikes me that they're not really big on lying either. So it will, of course, come as a shock to nobody that Jerry Falwell's response to all this was to try to lie his way out of it. Getting caught in one lie after another, trying to get out of it. Well, he's now gone again from Liberty University. Gone, not gone. Maybe he can get through it. Maybe he can't get through it. Now, gone again. Because apparently he crossed some kind of a line that they just couldn't obfuscate well enough. Well, more news from the week that gets that gets this even more exciting and brings it closer to a different home. Michael Cohen, yes, that Michael Cohen, came out and said that he, while working for Donald Trump, our current president of the United States, had buried damaging photos of Falwell before Falwell decided to endorse Donald Trump for president of the United States. Gosh, is it possible that this could end up putting religious lunatics in somewhat of a bad light? (laughs) Fortunately, not for the lunatics they appeal to, because here... Snake oil salesmen just fit right in with what these guys are all about. The whole creed being about absolute bullshit. Selling to morons snake oil that will cure all of their ills. And just another reminder that he is another evangelical leader who has nothing but absolute contempt for the morons who actually listen to anything this lying piece of crap has to say. So you certainly can understand his relationship with the Trump administration because they are two peas in the same pod, probably joined by some underage peas as well. Uh, it's, it's just another sign that as long as there are desperate, stupid people willing to follow anyone 
who promises whatever they need to be promised, that they will be willing to follow these people who are willing to feed on them. The extent to which the world, certainly the Republican Party right now, consists strictly of sharks and minnows. And I'd have a lot of sympathy for some of these minnows if they didn't currently pose an existential threat to civilization. Also, by the way, if these fucking morons didn't think that they had the right to spend their lives telling other people how to live. But anyway, speaking of cults, in less funny cult news, the President of the United States loves our military. That's what we keep being told. And our military apparently loves the President of the United States. And why wouldn't they? Because, again, two peas from the same pod in too many, in too many ways. And military is expected to vote overwhelmingly for the President of the United States, although some of that support is being called into question right now. But when I talk about two peas in a pod, the military's been in the news in, in ways other than what you've heard during the week. As was reported on Democracy Now! this past week, having to do with Fort Hood and other uh, Air Force bases and, and military bases around America, where apparently, well, I'll... I'll let democracy now speak for itself. Rape culture, systemic racism, corruption, and impunity has been really part and parcel in the Department of Defense for decades, says Air Force veteran Pam Campos Palma, who leads the Vets for the People Project. Let me rape culture, systemic racism, corruption, and impunity. Oh my God. It's Donald Trump. Donald Trump doesn't just love the military. He is the military. Not, you know, ex except for the bone spurs. He won't, he won't actually fight. But he will absolutely, he won't, he, he won't join in the warrior culture. But the rape culture, the racism, the corruption, and the impunity, that's, you, you couldn't write it up any better in describing Donald Trump. During the week, the top commander at Fort Hood was removed from his, po from his post. And the U.S. Army has launched an investigation after a series of murders and accusations of sexual abuse at the base. With 23 deaths at Fort Hood this year and 13 soldiers disappeared, killed, or died by suicide because of the conditions. Oh my God. These people can't wait to be deployed to Afghanistan where they'll finally be safe? That's Our military needs to deploy overseas for their own safety? In April, it's noted, the remains of soldier Vanessa Guillen were found near the base, and the main suspect in that case killed himself in July, shortly after he was accused of her murder. Her case has sparked some national outrage, at least in some circles, about sexual assault in the military. You could be forgiven for not being real familiar with this, because national outrage just refers to people who are paying awfully close attention, like by listening to Democracy Now! and such. But it has led to introduction of legislation to make it easier for military personnel to report sexual assault and harassment. It is the year 2020, and we need to be introducing legislation to make it easier for military personnel to report sexual assault and harassment? Seriously? It's insane. Just more insanity. 
But anyway, of course, that's that's not the big military story of the week. Let's move to the big military story of the week. I'm sure you all know what that is. Uh, during the week, the Atlantic magazine published a bombshell story that confirmed, well, frankly, everything we've already known about Trump. A bombshell story, another bombshell story of the Trump administration that is both a bombshell and completely not a surprise. And gee, we already knew that at the same time. But the story is being treated like a bombshell because it is pretty remarkable. As reported in The Atlantic, in a conversation with senior staff members on the morning of the scheduled visit with the military, with a uh, cemetery in Normandy. Trump set to honor soldiers who died in and around D-Day in World War II. Why should I go to that cemetery? It's filled with losers. Close quote. And apparently he was not speaking of French people. Why should I go to that cemetery? It's filled with losers. According to sources with knowledge of the president's views, he seems to generally not understand why Americans treat former prisoners of war with respect. Because they're losers, because they were prisoners of war, or worse than that, they let themselves be killed fighting for freedom and democracy and all those wonderful things that Donald Trump is willing to, to have other people fight to get rid of in America. Uh, again, this is a bombshell. The, the military supports this guy. He has absolutely no respect for them. So just like all of his other supporters, as I talked about last week, we're led to believe that the Democrats don't respect them. And the people who don't respect them the most are the people they are, are revering as cult leaders. It is Trump who has more contempt for his supporters than anybody on the other side, including me. And to be fair, I have a lot of contempt for them, a really lot of contempt for them. But again, this isn't, this isn't new at all. We knew all of this about Trump. He said this about John McCain, right? He said it when they thought John McCain was a prisoner of war and he attacked him and they said, you shouldn't do that. And he said, well, I, I like people who, who don't become prisoners of war and don't get captured. So there's really sort of nothing new here. But anyway, one, one would hope it's going to, it's going to peel a few military people away from Trump. But good luck with that. The idea of hoping that anybody at this point in time who's completely given their brain to somebody else is going to is going to change is is just absurd. Maybe some of them will, will forget how to go vote. But anyway, speaking of the military, um, do you know who our military continues to do war games is war gaming against our military? Well, is war gaming against Russia. That's right. If you guessed Russia, you would be right. Yet, of course, you would be ungrateful because of, you know, Russia giving us our president and many of our leaders and all that. So our military is war gaming against Russia. That is the concern. So let's follow up with our, our live fest discussions from the last several weeks. And Donald Trump's lack of respect for voting, democracy, etc., and the latest on the continuing and, and, in fact, enhanced actions by Russia to throw a U.S. election, to interfere in a U.S. election. The, the country that we are wargaming war against, the president of the United States, is welcoming their interference in a U.S. election because, of course, they're doing it on behalf of him. Kind of makes you think a little bit there. If you're capable of thinking, if you're listening to the show, you probably are. 
the New York Times was among many to report that Homeland Security blocked warnings of the Russian campaign against Joe Biden. United States Homeland Security had the information that Russia was going to be attacking Joe Biden on behalf of chaos, in this case, in the form of the president of the United States. And so what did they do? They blocked warnings. Yes, that is Homeland Security of the United States, specifically not securing the homeland. Because, of course, the only thing they care about securing is Donald Trump's reelection. These are Donald Trump's people. Department's leaders declined to publish a memo describing Russian attempts to question Joseph Joe Biden's health, prompting new scrutiny of political influence at the department. Why would we be scrutinizing what we already know to obviously be true? Uh, I bet Susan Collins is out there on the campaign trail right now saying, I bet Russia has learned their lesson from all the absolutely nothing that's happened to them for what they did in 2016. Well, yes, I think in, in, in the, this is the rare instance where Susan Collins is right by being 180 degrees wrong. Russia is emboldened. It is emboldened to take further actions, further steps. It keeps getting away with everything. It has the support of the president of the United States to help steal a U.S. election, to, to undermine U.S. pseudo-democracy. And as a result, you can absolutely bet that they are going to up the ante. Watch those voting booths. Watch as they try to hack, presumably without much problem, and change the results. Emboldened, it was reported this week that 126 million Americans saw Facebook material before the 2016 election that was provided to them by the Kremlin, by Russia. 126 million Americans. That number will undoubtedly go up dramatically. 126 million Americans might have their votes changed by Russia. And the President of the United States and the United States Department of Homeland Security is doing nothing to stop them. In fact, they just continue to encourage them. They encourage, of course, the dissemination of Russia's fake news because that is the only thing that the Republican Party has going for it. Right now, it has its own propaganda mills, Fox News, One America News, the list goes on and on. And it was reported this week, a study was reported that the United States now leads the world in quote unquote junk news. Leads the world, the United States of America, the country that we are citizens of and pat ourselves on the back for being superior to the rest of the world. In other words, we have more propaganda, more lying than any place else in the world. During the 2016 election, there was a one-to-one ratio between what they referred to as junk news versus professional news shared by U.S. voters over Twitter. Another reminder that those of you out there who just count on the fact that somehow it will all work out in the end. This is a really long stretch at this point in this country. The propaganda, the cultishness, the idiots who buy into this stuff, the only chance that it will work out in the end is if a 
sufficient majority of this country decides to care enough to take their responsibilities of citizenship seriously and God knows, get somehow get to a polling booth, get to some place where their vote will be counted on election day before Donald Trump has a chance to steal the election. But anyway, in the don't ask others to do what you are not willing to do yourself category of Russians, of, of the Trump administration reaching out to Russians to help them steal the election with junk news and fake news, we continue with our war on the law or War on Reason, the Republican National Committee lie fest, with more on the update of stealing the election. And this week, it turns out Donald Trump has finally, after all this time, finally uncovered his voting fraud. Uh, Faithful listeners of this show will recall that since we've started, we've talked about Donald Trump's lies about voting fraud in America, uh, the attempts by Donald Trump, Chris Kobach, others in the Republican Party to manufacture voting fraud to justify their stealing of elections. And they've had absolutely nothing, nothing that they can put forward to support their absolute lies. Well, finally, Trump has found his voter fraud. And in order to find it, he needed to look, it turns out, the one place he didn't look. And you can understand why he wouldn't look in this place. It's the mirror. You can imagine that Donald Trump doesn't like what he sees looking back at him when he looks in the mirror. Yes, as I'm sure you already know, Donald Trump this week essentially called on North Carolina voters to vote twice. And initially when this happened, I said, well, there's Trump making a point about it's about corruption. It's inefficient. But, you know, let's let's not let's not overdo this. But I was wrong. Um, He has doubled down, tripled down, quadrupled down on this repeatedly. He has repeated these calls for voters and his voters in North Carolina, of course, to vote twice. And why not? As Susan Collins tells us that Donald Trump will have learned his lesson about breaking the law. Well, Donald Trump has learned his lesson about breaking the law. And the lesson is he can break the law with impunity. There is nothing that he cannot do, apparently, breaking the law and not have the Republican Party rally around him and defend him. It is not just Trump who knows this, of course, that there is there is no limit on their, the illegal, undemocratic, un-American behavior they can do and still get away with. It is the entire Republican criminal organization, and it continues to be. And in, in, in just another week, of another month, of another year, of more shocking, shocking, shocking news. There's Republican Steve Scalise of Louisiana, Congressman, Representative Steve Scalise of Louisiana, the, in fact, number two ranking Republican in the House of Representatives. A a guy you might recall that just a few years ago we prayed for as a nation. Okay, I didn't pray for him. I don't pray and I didn't pray for him. But a few years ago, remember, he was shot by a lunatic with a gun. He was one of the Republicans shot at a softball game. And America prayed for him. Boy, were we misguided then. And Steve Scalise is doing his best to show us how misguided we were in hoping, perhaps, those of, those of you who hope that he got better, in hoping that he got better. Well, Steve Scalise, the number two ranking Republican in the House of Representatives, 
sent around a doctored video showing political activist Adi Barkin, I've discussed him on the show before, asking Joe Biden about redirecting funding for police and having Biden respond, absolutely. Well, this isn't the, sh- uh, well, y- you know where we're going here. The video was doctored, as I, as I indicated. It turns out that uh, Adi Barkin did not ask Biden about redirecting funding for the, he just asked about redirecting funding. And then they added it to the end. Apparently they've been doing that all over the internet, all over their commercials, just taking Biden's comments about yes, absolutely, and putting it be- after whatever stupid question they might ask. Uh, is the Democratic Party a party of child sexual predators and Satan-worshipping people, as QAnon says? Yes, absolutely. Oh, there you go. It's, proved, it's proven by Biden. You know, Republicans have been sharing doctored videos throughout your lifetime, probably, listeners, certainly throughout almost all of my lifetime. They have no integrity. They're a criminal organization. But this goes a step further in that they didn't just spread the doctored video. They actually made the doctor's doctored video. It was Steve Scalise's office that that doctored the video that they then spread. How does this guy not get thrown out of Congress for this? How does he not get, frankly, thrown into prison for this? Adi Barkin, of course, adding, adding to how offensive this is, Adi Barkin is an activist who suffers from terribly debilitating ALS, so much so that he cannot speak. He speaks through a computer voice that he runs with his eyes. Just a remarkably sad story. This is the this is the activist you will recall who vaulted into prominence. I report on the show when a video was went viral of him asking then Senator Jeff Flake about their Republican efforts to destroy the Affordable Care Act. That when he happened to run into him on a plane, and when this video went viral, it caused Jeff Flake to actually vote to have some consideration of the Republican feel, repeal of the Affordable Care Act, and that ultimately may have been part of the reason that the Republicans were not able to repeal the law. Adi Barkin pointed out that uh, Scalise owes an apology to the entire disability community for taking his word, changing his words, uh, adulterating what he said, and then spreading it around. But of course, with due respect to Adi Barkin, he owes a much bigger apology to the entire United States community. This is about just lying to the American public. This is about undermining U.S. democracy. In other words, this is the Republican game plan. It is... It is one thing for Russian trolls or shadowy political groups, as the New York Times editorial rightly pointed out, to try to steal U.S. elections. But when the number two person in the House of Representatives, undoubtedly with the backing and support of his entire criminal organization, does this, this country's in a lot of trouble unless we overwhelmingly throw them out and we overwhelmingly do it now. So the House Ethics Committee is taking this forward. Let's hope the Democrats don't wimp out and do this, take this to the max. Because it turns out, among other things, that the House Ethics Committee was explicit in the fact that this is something that House members are not permitted to do. The New York Times editorial about this had the following language. Going forward, the House needs sturdier guardrails and more specific guidelines making clear that it will not tolerate any attempt to defraud the American people through doctored video and audio. 
seriously, this is what we need in America? The Times editorial is right. But how pathetic is this that the House needs to do this? Personally, I'm not a supporter of the death penalty, but they're, they're, they're starting to get me to see their, their way of thinking. And to my mind, this would be top of the list. And one thing we need to do is we need to redefine treason under the U.S. Constitution and U.S. laws, because this is treason. Before any listener is inclined to think or to hear somebody else say, well, that's politics for you. Let's be clear once again that this is entirely the Republican criminal organization. This is not both sides. This is not the kind of behavior that both political parties engage in. It is one criminal organization. And this is another area ripe for both sidesism and false equivalents. But there is no equivalence here. I'll give you an example. I'm having a conversation the other day with a friend of the pod for a long time, a friend and a friend of the pod for a, for a long time. And we were discussing a podcast that we had both listened to about Whitewater and about the Clinton impeachment, way beyond Whitewater, about Monica Lewinsky, basically, and the Clinton impeachment. And uh, my uh, our faithful listener friend said, you know, you listen to the podcast and boy, it becomes apparent what a sleaze Bill Clinton was. And it makes you wonder if we really behaved so differently from Republicans that we rallied around Bill Clinton. Now, she didn't really mean that when we started getting into it. She said, I know, I know it's not the same. But here's the thing. The fact that someone could ask that question, am I too quick to absolve people on my side? Am I too quick to judge people on the other side? The fact that you can ask that question is a fundamental distinction between Trump supporters and people on the left. We can ask that question of ourselves. We are capable of introspection. But, and, and the other side is not. It, it, all, it is all war games. All about winning. But it was not the same. And we discussed that. And ultimately, I have, a lot of, I have a lot of disrespect for Clinton and contempt for a lot of how he behaved himself. But it's not what's happening on the other side right now. And the left doesn't act like a cult, like the right does. That is what motivates that and the idea that he can get away with everything is what motivates the president of the United States. More this week on his continued firing of previously nonpartisan inspectors general, whose sole job is to promote honest and efficient government. In other words, they are the enemy of the president of the United States, who only wants dishonest and inefficient government putting money into his pocket. He is replacing, continues to replace these people with loyalist hacks. When Democrats are in government, there is government oversight. When Republicans are in government, there is no government oversight because the wolves are in charge of the hen house. He continues to politicize the DOJ. Again, one of the most tragic and, and, and truly upsetting moments from the week was the Attorney General of the United States. That criminal, William Barr, who has repeatedly shown himself to be a criminal Trump lackey, 
who could not say on TV when being pressed that voting twice is illegal in a United States election, as the president called on his supporters to do. The attorney general of the United States could not just say that voting twice is illegal. They continue to replace U.S. attorneys, the nation's number one law enforcement officers, with loyalist hacks. He continues to pardon anyone who's one of his cronies. He continues to replace career civil servants throughout our governments with political hacks, often 20-something or even still-in-college jackasses, apparatchiks, who will just do the bidding of their cult leaders, including at the CDC, the FDA, institutions that we are relying upon, which is why we continue to deal with false statements from the CDC regarding coronavirus, vaccines, etc. It is the reason that most of America understands that Donald Trump will be announcing an October surprise that we have a vaccine. And the overwhelming majority of this country, I'm betting even Trump supporters, will know enough not to get anywhere near that vaccine, despite what the CDC says and what the FDA says. Make no mistakes of the road that we are on. Our government will be gone if he wins again. They will complete their purge of the United States court system of judges who actually follow the law, like the district court judge this week who issued a temporary restraining order to prevent ending the census early until a court gets to hear about the Trump's plans here to end the sentence. To end the census early. Everybody knows what it's all about. It's to steal a census. It's to steal government. Undermining our judiciary. Undermining the entire federal government. There will be no one of integrity. No one trustworthy. No scientists left at the CDC. The FDA. The Mine Safety Administration. Keep going. If Donald Trump wins again. This is fascism. And this is dying young for all the rest of us. Anyway, that's it for today's show. I'm expecting to have another show up in just another few days since I've fallen a little bit behind because of the Labor Day holiday. So please keep checking. Please remember to share us on social media. Spread the word. I look forward to seeing you soon. And until then, be well and be safe. You've been listening to Forward Nation Radio with David Leventhal.